Welcome to the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour. Driven by Sanderson Ford. Your weekend wake-up tradition. It's Rosie on the House. What a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning to you all. All over the stream from Tucson to Phoenix talking about how beautiful the weather is. You look up at Flagstaff, you want to go snowing, you can be in the snow in a couple hours. Tuesday, Thursday in the Republic. Did you see the picture of Four Peaks? They've been snow-capped all oh, yeah. week long. How oh, yeah. beautiful was that? We got to hike out there this week. Boy, it was just breathtaking. Oh, little Saturday morning air guitar all across the state of Arizona. Courtesy of Rosie on the house. If you were waking up 1874, you could stroll into downtown Phoenix and pick up a lot for anywhere from 7 to $11. <laughs> Whoa! It was also the year the telegraph line made its way into Arizona, and the first operator was one Morris Goldwater that was in his father's shop on First and Jefferson. Phoenix is our featured staycation destination for the month of January, and a lot of people are like, well, why? Usually you, <laughs> you pick Flagstaff or somewhere in the mountains, and we go skiing. I said, well, I had a conversation with our partners at CAF and Flagstaff, and they said, you know, Roma, you guys may come up here to ski in the winter, and you may come up here in the summer to get rid of the heat. It's like, but we travel down to Phoenix and Tucson just as much in the wintertime to give us a break from the cold. Why don't you have a staycation for us mountain dwellers to come down and enjoy the warm during the dead of winter? So we picked Phoenix for our staycation destination. Our winter will be staying at the hotel at Grand Canyon University. We'll have them on in a couple weeks to talk about everything that they have going on there. Brand new hotel. Brand new hotel. Spanking new. Spanking new. Uh, and <clears throat> went for a preview from it and were completely blown away. So we'll be excited to talk about everything going on there and send our staycation winner. They also have them set up with some basketball tickets to enjoy an antelope's Lopes. game. And the Lopes. <laughs> <clears throat> And usually we talk about things going on in Arizona right about this time, but we thought for the first broadcast of 2020, starting a new decade, it would be fun if we put together an Arizona bucket list. And we were talking at the office and brainstorming, do we do it completely open form, leave it up, or do we categorize it and get a little more intentional? So we decided to categorize it, and we broke down the Arizona bucket list into five categories, but there's actually seven bucket list items. We'll get there. Number one completing a trail, two, a new event, three, a venue, four, your own staycation, five, close to home, and then six, you get to pick two random ones. Now, we had to designate one, and you could designate both or keep the second open one for any random occurrence that happened during the year, but it has to be something new you've never done before. Now, we've not seen any of each other's. Are we going to open it up to the listeners if they want to share their oh, absolutely. bucket list? They can call us at one 767 Arizona Focus Bucket List for 2020. Texting is an easy way, too, 411 We can just gather up a bunch of information that way, too. And, of course, always email at info at rosieonthehouse.com. Now, I have... The staff, they all submitted theirs, but I haven't seen Rosie's or Jennifer's or Gary's. The broadcast team hasn't peeked at any of each other's. Do you have all yours in front of you? 
I had I right on top of my head. <laughs> I had a lot of time yeah. staring at acoustic ceilings this year, thinking about what I wanted to do. So this was a very easy. This assignment. one was easy. Yeah. Well, I thought this one would be hard for you finding something that hadn't been done yet. Nope, no, it was very easy. Very easy. Yep. All right. So the first one, complete a trail. Now you can hike it. You can mountain bike it. You can horseback ride it. You can wheelchair it. You can crawl it. You can skateboard it. Whatever the case, but it has to be at least two miles. Okay. And I deferred to Jennifer because we always do what I want to do. And so I want to I see her bucket list so we can uh, put them on the calendar and check them it's off. It's on the year. top of his head, but he's cheating off a mom. <laughs> oh, I already know. I, already know. I, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to do my rim to rim this year. Mm. I um, kept that in mind, so I, and we I used to do things together. So I, I was trying to think of things we could. I don't think I can do 43 miles to the no. Grand Canyon this year. But I, but I got a, I got a trail. Well, I thought do. have a soup pie would be. I've always wanted to do that. Yes, you, you could have. probably handle that one. But you have to sign up um, to at Havasu Reservation, HavasuPieReservations dot com, and get an account. I've been trying for two days. It won't let me in, and it opens February first at eight a.m. And if you don't call by seven fifty nine, you won't get one. That's right. So my Very second, tough. my second choice doesn't need a permit, and it's the Seven Falls in Sabino Canyon. It's about oh. a four mile hike. Okay. How about you? Has anyone done supai? Have a supai? No, you have. I, 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 I still have think, I still remember the pictures. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely worth doing, and I'm glad I went on that trip. It was kind of spur of the moment. I uh, hadn't been practicing or training for it, but it wasn't that brutal of a hike. And you were young. Yeah, I was young. And it was the first. <laughs> it's just the beginning and end, hiking down and hiking up. But once you get into the canyon itself, it's a pretty easy walk, and it, uh, it it's something – I didn't realize how lucky I was. I got invited to attend as a fourth person on this four-group pass. Yeah. And as hard as it is and everyone's saying, I've, I've been trying to go for years. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize how lucky I got going on that trip. Uh, Gary, what's your, you hike okay. a lot. Well, yeah, and, and have a soup I was on the top of my list, but I scratched it for that reason because I didn't think I would be able to get in. But thanks to Roger Naylor, I found something. Oh. I've never touched the Grand Canyon hiking. I, I just okay. went down Bright Angel, about a quarter of a mile, came back up and went, <laughs> well, okay. I need some work. <laughs> the Tonto Loop. Okay. All right. Kaibab yeah. to Tonto. Uh, he suggested I take a nap right there at Bright Angel and Tonto Intersection. And then the, the real, it's a tough, it is a tough hike all around, but it's the challenge getting back up to the South Rim on Bright Angel. So that's on my list. Well, the thing about the Grand Canyon that I've always respected is it's optional to go down. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there ain't no option to get out. <laughs> That's what I need to work on. <laughs> yeah, there's just no option. And baby, you hit Skeleton Point or Cedar Point, and you, and you think you're close, but baby, you're still a long ways away from the top. Oh, Three man. miles coming up is like, what, 10? Yeah, Does it, it feel it, like it? It feels yeah. like it. Well, my, my, my hike, again, requires a permit, but I've got to get to Kitzeal. And where is that? Navajo National Monument. 17-mile mm. round trip, only 20 people in allowed a day. Uh, and the permits start in February, and it's only open May to October. Uh, but it is, uh, as our family favorite Indian ruin up in Pueblo Canyon, it's that times 10. Oh wow! And uh, like I say, you got to hike nine miles to see. You know it. what? Did they Arizona highways 
yes. did an article on yes. them this year. Yes, they did. They and what's did. it called again? Kit. Uh, 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 well, the one I want to go see is Kit Seal. Kit Seal. Yeah. Well, you guys really blew me away on that one. So we spent a lot of time looking at the white tanks. It's the backdrop sure. to our home, and there is a pretty easy trail. I have done it, so we were debating whether or not this counted or not, but everything we do, we've got to do with the kids, and Remy and Landry haven't been on it, and they can make this. It's it's a little over two miles there and back, but right at the White Tanks, if you come in off of Waddell, there's a park there, and there's a trailhead, and it goes back to a waterfall, and obviously it doesn't run year-round, but you go there after a monsoon and oh, see this yeah. waterfall coming out of the White Tanks, you know, and it's as much time as we spend looking at that mountain range we've never gone into it so we're going to take the kids to the the white tank trail a white tank mountain waterfall trail which i said it's it's pretty gosh darn easy i think we ought to commit to pictures on facebook for all the staff and their their bucket list items they tick off so they have if you have to get a permit or pay a parking pass everyone's supposed to save those and take pictures of their event and they'll get graded at the end of the year well february 1st jennifer you Get on Havasu Pies. Working I'll on get it. on because I can't get a permit for Kit Seal till February 1st. So I'll start Kit Seal trying. You have a soup I try, and whoever gets the first permit. Or Seven Falls. <laughs> there you go. We have more on our Arizona bucket list we're going to talk through, but we're going to bring in our guest who's joined us this hour who will help us get to where we're going safely. We've got uh, a new associate partner to Rosie on the house. Uh, Victor Kerstek, of founder of Affordable GPS Tracking System. This is something that uh, we put in our work van. And as soon as we did, I thought, you know what? As soon as my daughter turns 16 and driving, I'm going to put these dash cams <laughs> in every vehicle we own. <laughs> if nothing else, because we don't trust her, but we've got examples that we'll talk about how it has saved us in proving we were in the right in our uh, travels and it was the crazies on the road that were causing these these disturbances. Welcome and thanks for spending your Saturday morning with us. Thank you very much for having me here. Originally from the East Coast. Yes, sir. How'd you find your way to Arizona? Um, <laughs> funny story. Our daughter was looking for a school. She's a biomed engineer and she decided to come out to ASU. So uh, my wife and I and my youngest daughter came out to bring her here in August. Uh, it was August 3rd, I believe, and 2003. And uh, we moved her into the dorm, and then my wife and I looked around and said, well, what's the matter with this place? So we uh, we spent the next three days looking for a house, bought a house. I'll be darned. On your first trip? <laughs> On our first trip. In August. <laughs> In August. <laughs> um, and then we went back to New Jersey, sold our house in 30 days, which was another you know gift of God that brought us here. Uh, so by October 3rd, uh, we were moved into our new house here in Phoenix. Uh, and it was 105 that day, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but what was it in New Jersey? Um, in October? <laughs> uh, it was probably like in the 60s. So October's still pretty nice back east. I've never been there, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Leaves are changing, so beautiful colors, beautiful scenery. And then what got you into the GPS business? Um, I have an engineering background, so um, I have sold communication back east. Um, I used to sell cell phones, beepers, and uh, low jack when it first came out. Um, and then um, I came out here, kind of semi-retired, 
and was looking for something to do. And a friend of mine from the communications field back east says, hey, we have uh, some new projects uh, if you want to get involved with us. And um, I got into it and never turned back. And we'll be talking more about it. And you've got some personal GPS locators if you're out on your Arizona bucket list and get in a bind. Uh, there's a great, uh, great features that we have that can help uh, search and rescue locate you should, uh, should the need arise. More here, Rosie on the House. The Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. Here's a little text <laughs> trivia, true or false, for a pair of Arizona State Park passes. You know, that's one I missed. We should have put a state park on the bucket list. Is it too late to add? No, Never no, too late. I, I did think about <laughs> it. Or a mandatory yeah. state park. Oh, mandatory, yeah. You have to go to at least, you got 35 to choose from, mm-hmm. pick one. I like, had five on my list, and I, I need to pick one. <laughs> there you go. There you there go. You go. Phoenix was named by an Englishman, Daryl Dupa. True or false? If that's true, text true to 411923. If that's false, text false. We'll pick a random right winner at the end of this programming segment and send you two passes to Arizona State Parks. Mr. Victor, you uh, surprisingly very well-traveled Arizona, but what's on your bucket list? Uh, Mount Lemmon would be one. Um, I've always wanted to go down there, but just haven't had the opportunity. And we have traveled the south. We've been through Tucson, Tombstone, uh, Patagonia. Uh, it's a pretty cool place down there. But for some reason, we, we kept on missing Mount Lemmon. So that would be one, one of mine. A lot of people live in Arizona have never been to the Grand Canyon. And you always hear, how is that possible? A lot of them have never been south of Tucson. And that's pretty special. The, the, for the landscape and the desert and the scenery, I think it's the prettiest part of the state in the desert. Yeah, Sierra Verde, and don't forget, you have a lot of vineyards down there, too. That's right. So there's farming, there's vineyards. Uh, it's pretty cool. The The biggest dilemma with Mount Lemmon is you've, you've got that one-hour drive across Tucson. There's just no easy way to get to the Mount Lemmon Road other than Tucson City surface streets. That's the biggest barrier. I don't go more often. Well, I'm pretty sure it's intentional. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. All right. Number two on our bucket list was attend an event. Did you guys have an event picked oh, out? Oh, that's easy. I've there got, was. I've got one I wanted to go to for the last 20 years. Talking it's about on Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it is. Well, maybe we'll have we'll give you a a, a bunny pass. Or, okay. Or, or, or what do you call it? A get out of school pass. Okay. Uh. Lance in the office of the Arizona State Fair. Never been. Arizona native. Uh, Jen said a Cardinals game. Never been. We're going to go to the powwow at her museum on February 7th. Okay. Oh, perfect. Perfect. I would like to go to the Acres Festival in Prescott. It's always the week after we do our big um, show there for Christmas. The local music yeah, the, festival. Yeah. Um, I've heard it's great and just never made the effort to get there because it's always so busy. But I think this is kind of our off up your off your coming up with kids coming in town so maybe we'll slip up there or stay there for the week gary well boy i hate to admit this but it's true my <laughs> event ties in with a place i've never been to okay zoo lights at the phoenix zoo <laughs> i have never i've been here 22 years i have never been to the phoenix zoo wow Honest well, you to have God to truth. start in the daytime then because the zoo itself is fantastic and oh. the lights are fun but the zoo is wonderful okay. 
Oh, okay. I'll do that. I've run. I've been in the parking lot. I've, I've run along the canals. <laughs> that does not count. I, I've done it. I have never stepped foot in the Phoenix Zoo. Well, those are all great events, but they don't hold a candle to the one I want right, to go to. All right, let's hear it. I want to go to where they blow an anvil in the sky with dynamite <laughs> in, in Snowflake, Arizona. <laughs> the annual anvil blast. And when is that? I think it's July 4th weekend. Oh, okay. I believe so. I may why just, would why would you not want to see an anvil blow up into the sky? You may have just changed my mind. I could put the zoo off a little longer. <laughs> do we just have this year to do this bucket list, Roman? This isn't like a decade list, right? Right. No, okay. this was this was just this year. So what's on yours? Oh, you told us the powwow. Yeah, the powwow. Powwow. So we'll continue through. We've got uh, a new venue, a staycation, and uh, close to home. Still yet to pick out on our. Staycations, and we have open ones. We we wanted to leave it open a little bit just for spontaneous. And one thing though, Gary, if you'd read the rules at the end, you can't. One event can't apply to two. So even though it's a new place, a venue, and then it's an event, you okay. it can only apply to one. You well, the can't. zoo part's going to be easy then. I'll just find something. <laughs> you can go to the it. zoo one day, and then go to Zoo Lights another, and that could be. But you'd have to go twice. Okay. No one event can. Check off two Rosie's, bucket list items. Rosie's event, I'm very interested in. Oh. I'd like to see that, so oh. I can split that up. I'm dying to see it. I've been dying for a long time. <laughs> and and the hike to Phoenix Zoo can't count for you as a hike because you're closer than two miles to the zoo. Yeah, it's more of a walk. <laughs> <laughs> now, Victor, with affordable GPS tracking, I've got a question. Uh, when I look at the GPS and the trackers, is that if I've already got low jack, is there... Any different having a, another GPS unit installed? There's a big difference. LoJack is basically used for uh, theft recovery. Um, it's an RF system. It's not a true GPS tracker. So the, the county or the police department uh, need to have at least four vehicles. And those are the ones that have the four antennas, if you've ever seen them uh, on a road. Um, so they have, to triangu- they have to triangulate the signal to locate that vehicle. So first, you have to call it in. You have no control over your your own vehicle at this point. You have to call it in. They have to activate it. And then the police department start looking for it. Um, So it was a great system when it first came out. It was the only one. But now there's such more newer technology that that low jack is really not what 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 it is. The other problem is that the equipment in the police cars is very expensive. So a lot of uh, communities don't have it. It's our Wide Open Road, the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford. And the answer to this week's true or false trivia question is true. A lot of people in their mind picture Jack Swilling when they think of Phoenix founder. Well, he was sent here by Henry Wickenberg to start farming and raising food for his mining operation in Wickenburg. But it was Daryl Dupa that named it Phoenix. And his homestead is still standing. You can see it on Sherman Street between 2nd and 1st Avenue behind the American Legion building. It's fenced off, but there's a little plaque there you can read about it. And uh, then if you schedule a time to go to the Pioneer and Military Memorial Cemetery, you can see his tombstone still right there and, uh, you know, just two miles from his original homestead. Phoenix is our featured staycation destination, and you can sign up to win yours. We'll be drawing for Christopher Creek next week. Say, why Christopher Creek in February? It's so cold. Well, the Pony Express is going to be coming through there. So you'll have the opportunity to mail 
uh, all of your friends and relatives via Pony Express. So we're going to let you see the mail handoff come right through uh, Christopher Creek as they come into the Prada del Sol in February. So you go to ArizonaStaycation.com to sign up and register. And as we were going to break, Victor, you were right in the middle of a story about Low Jack, basically, it's like a typewriter of GPS today. Is <laughs> basically what I think you were saying. <laughs> I think you're right on point with that, Romy. So, what? How does a new GPS tracking system work? I mean, this old triangulation system seemed pretty complicated. There's a lot more involved than trying to figure out where that uh, vehicle is with the triangulation. Uh, the newer systems right now, they've commercialized GPS. So we all use the GPS satellites, which are government satellites. And that gives us latitude, longitude, speed, and direction of travel. Um, and then that little device that we install in your vehicle um, has a modem, a cellular modem. It actually has a SIM card, just like your phone. So we take those points from the satellites and we shoot it up to our servers via cellular system. And that's where we do our back-end magic. We'll put the mapping, the reporting, uh, the alerts, um, and we give you access to our servers via, you know, your own personal username and password. And, uh, I mean, that's the simple way to explain it. And it's simple, but once you have that login, it's incredible. You can set up all kinds of alerts. You can set up a braking alert, a speed alert, a hard turn alert. Uh, if it hits a certain landmark, like, hey, Roman got to KTAR or Lance, we're sending him out to Casa Grande. It'll notify us your transit hit Casa Grande. I mean, it's the notification system part of it is, you know, you don't have to sit there and monitor it. It'll tell you what you want to know based on your preset uh, alerts. It's creepy and fascinating all at once. <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, um, you can I, text the driver. Why, why am I getting a speed alert at this moment? <laughs> and you shouldn't be reading this text, though. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Actually, we, we, have, we could send the, the text alert directly from the system to the driver saying, hey, you know, you're, we know you're speeding, so cut it out. Um, you know, speeding wastes gas, and it also puts, you know, the company in, in harm's way. You know, you're going too fast. The chances of getting to a crash are much higher. So by, by monitoring your drivers, uh, it'll reduce fuel cost and accidents who, who are your biggest customers just big fleet operators um it's i mean I, I, I love having it on just one vehicle yeah we're, we're mixed we have large operators with three four hundred vehicles um and then just about any service industry out there you know your plumbers your hvac your uh, pest control guys your non-medical emergency transportation guys electricians plumbers i mean the list just keeps going on and on so Anyone that has even a small fleet, like one, two, three, four vehicles, um, it's, it's a very inexpensive way to, to monitor what your guys are doing and, and actually manage them. I mean, if you can't see them, you can't manage it. And I'm going to say, I don't, I don't want to put a time prediction out there because of how fast everything develops, but we've been seeing this coming where there'll be a time, you know, right now when you have a service or, you know, your, your cable company or you know, a plumber, they'll give you a window. We'll be there between blank because they don't know how long the previous job's going to take. <clears throat> People don't always have time to wait. You'll be able to leave and get a notification. This service vehicle is now en route to your home. Here's the estimated time. When they get there, your smart door picks up his GPS tracking system, verifies it, unlocks the door, lets them go in 
do the job. He sends you an estimate, accept it, decline it. You accept it. He does the work, complete complete payment transaction. He's gone. You come home, and your leaky faucet's fixed, and no one had to stay home. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, it's paperless billing, too. Your job is complete. You sign off on it. The company gets paid, and it's it's Done. instant. Done. Yeah. I've got a question, a selfish question. Sure. I only know two men in Arizona that have more secret hiking spots than me. <laughs> Well, can you track them? How how hard is it for me to install this unit on their truck? I do have a small magnetic unit. Well, well, first of all, I mean, it would be illegal for you to do that. Oh, well, we didn't have to bring that up. (laughs) But But what what is the installation like on these units? Is it a a day process, an hour process? No, no, no. The the most common one is a three-wire install. So our installers will actually come out to your place. Um, it takes about 15, 20 minutes per vehicle. Oh, wow. Yep, it's very quick. And that's with the hard wiring. Uh, we also have a device that just plugs into the OBD2 port, the diagnostic port on the vehicle. Um, and that's like instant. I mean, you can do it yourself. I'll take two I, of those. <laughs> I remember when they came, Lance is like, yeah, they're here to install it on the trans. I'm like, okay, I'll come out and talk to them after I get off the phone. I got off the phone and they were already gone. <laughs> Now, yours that you installed on ours, it is a uh, GPS tracker, but it also has a dash cam both pointed at the driver and out the window. Correct. Um, and again, since you've got yours, the, the technology has already changed. <laughs> so. And we just got ours a year ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, so your GPS is separate from the camera, okay? Okay. Um, so your camera records on an SD card. And it does have GPS in it, but it, it's it's like a static, it's a location place. So where events happen, it records it on the SD card, and then you can take that SD card and watch it on your computer. So it'll show the events, the movies, and the mapping. Uh, now we have a, a dash cam GPS combo. Um, so everything's in one. So you have your tracking, your reports, um, and then you also have the, the dash cam that records events. So it'll record hard braking, hard acceleration, impact, uh, and hard turns. So it'll take like an eight-second clip and shoot it to the cloud for those events. So you have harsh braking and hard braking, hardcore braking. Um, and you can go in and just kind of see what your drivers are doing. You can get alerts sent to you also, hey, we have a hardcore braking event. So you would just log into the cloud and see the event, see why did that happen. When, when Romy told me, he was mounting all this equipment to our new truck. Cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. To me, like, what's this going to cost? To me, I thought, well, it sounds cool, but, you know, how far is this going to set me back? I was amazed at how affordable all this technology was. Yeah, we work very, very hard to get the best equipment for our customers and the most up-to-date technology, too. So right now, everything is 4G, and, and it's all set for 5G. Um but again, because of our volume and our contacts in the industry, we will get some of the best equipment for our clients. And when we're talking about hard braking and aggressive acceleration, the one, uh, two instances that we've <laughs> pulled the SIM card to get the video, uh, right on the 202, Lance was driving and, you know, had a very hard break off to the side. Well, you watch the video and you can see he was doing everything perfect. Uh, a five-gallon bucket off of a landscape truck that had been used to plant trees previously flew off 
and hit the front of the transit. And he didn't, you know, it happened so quick he couldn't tell what it was. But he got off to the side. And in that case, it protects the safe driver because, you know, our instinct and our natural reaction is to just assume they're driving like a maniac. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised how many times it would exonerate the driver. Um, I'll show you some YouTube videos later. Um, so it, it's great. I mean, you know, uh, I looked at that video clip too. I think you showed it to me. Um, and it actually exonerates him. I mean, he, he looked to the left, he looked to the right, he didn't know what, what to do. So he had no choice but to hit that bucket. You know, if he would have went to the left, it would have been a crash. So, And if he'd have gone to the right, he'd have been in the freeway uh, wall. Into the wall, right. <laughs> he kept pretty cool through the whole thing, I thought, He too. did. I think he did a great job. <laughs> do you find that you use these all, um, you have clients like, for transport, people transport. I think like school buses or nursing homes or people like that to transport people. It seems like it would be a great device. Yeah, we're still we're still working it with some school bus companies. Um, I have one bus driver. I'd like there's to put one a GPS <laughs> on. Scottsdale Unified School Bus Driver that desperately needs a GPS <laughs> speed indicator on his bus. <laughs> Got to stick on time with that route. Come on. Man, man, oh, man. I can't believe what he does down residential streets. <laughs> well, uh, radio is a big part of our driving experience, and a lot of people are in the vehicles right now. We're very excited about having affordable GPS as an associate partner with Rosie on the house, keeping all of our listeners safe on the road while they're out traveling and about. And we've got a couple more features we're going to talk about. But let's get two more real quick knocked off of our Arizona staycation bucket list. New venues. Easy. Okay. I promised my older sister, Karen, I'd take her to the desert bar. <laughs> Easy. As if you've got five hours to get there yeah, from where we'll, you live. We'll, we'll, we'll make an overnight in Parker. But I promised Karen she wanted to see the desert bar. So I said, okay, we'll go to the desert bar before it closes for the summer. Yeah, and it's open now yeah, until I yeah. think about May. Yeah. We've got a couple months to get it done. Well, I could ride off his, or uh, um, this isn't really the first time I've been to an event there. It was the MEM, but the first one was so bad. I want to go back and have one I really enjoy. <laughs> but we chose a guitarist that we love and took Carol, our youngest daughter, telling her, you're going to love this guy. I don't care how old you are. He's so great. It was the worst concert we've ever been to. So. Well, it was great music, but there was no entertainment. He I never. Mean, he came out, Romy, sat on his is chair. Is Esteban? No, 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 no Esteban's no. awesome. Um, Otmar and he came out and oh. sat on it, never looked at us, never said hello, played two hours, got up and left. I'm like, what is that? So anyway, great music, but I wanted her to, you know, anyway. So. And on the venue, we had concert, symphony, a play, museum, zoo, uh, minor or major league game, livestock show, or rodeo. Gary, did you pick one? Well, uh, would the zoo be the, the zoo, venue for me? Lights, okay. yeah, yeah, right. So. <laughs> It's embarrassing. Because you're I'll, going to the Anvil for your new event. Right. Got it. Okay, I got that. Well, he's keeping it so close to home that he's going to he's gonna win. We, we can make that a remote broadcast. The Anvil Blast. Have it live on the air, the, and, the sound of it. Yeah. I did put Desert Bar, though, as second okay. on my list, and I had to figure out what to do. So I might. We'll do a family uh, trip. Do Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll take the train. Uh, your venue. The Kids Museum. Take the kids to the Kids Museum downtown and... Uh, I have been there when the Concrete Decor Show had come through town and they were building that. And the Concrete Decor Show did a lot of free stuff for the Kids Museum with all an example of all the different things on concrete. But we've never been back when it's open. Tinley went with her school and enjoys it. So we're going to take the kids What's before the they're proper name of it? too young or too old to enjoy it. 
Is it Kids Museum? It's just called Kids Museum? It's not the Science Center, right? No, Those are no two it's separate on 7th things. Street, okay. and it's an old schoolhouse that's turned into a, a kids museum. Now, I have no idea what's inside of it, but we're going to take the kids before they get too old to enjoy it. Well, and then we were supposed to pick a museum. Well, that museum applied to venue. Oh. And well, I, in that umbrella. Oh, well, I had Phoenix Art Museum. I got to get there to see the uh, Legends of Speed display. The Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. In our Arizona Hour, we've been joined this hour by Affordable GPS Tracking. Victor, we haven't even given out a website, affordablegpstracking.com. And when I go there, you know, there's obvious you've got it broken down very nicely if you're a, a business and you're looking for a fleet operation or the personal. But I go into the personal tracking system and I click on it and there's like six options in there. How do I know which one of these am I going to uh, plug into the Embed, embed to your daughter's neck. Yes. <laughs> um, the best thing to do would be to call us. I mean, we're, we're also consultants, too. So we, we'll ask the questions, and then we'll recommend the, the type of device that you need. There's a lot of, lot of choices to, you know, uh, to choose from. So we'll, we'll get the, the best device for you. And what's the difference between this and the tracking system that's in everyone's phone? Uh, I have my location services turned off. So I guess that's one benefit. I couldn't do that in the vehicle. Correct. And that's the, the biggest benefit of having, you know, a, a GPS tracker in a vehicle. Um, when you put the control in, in your uh, driver's or your, you know, daughter's uh, hand, they could turn it off. Uh, the battery could die. They could forget the phone at home. Where a, a device that's in, in the vehicle, you can't do that. When, when Julia left our home to drive back to Sacramento, she shared location with her phone. And about five hours after she left, I saw that she was in the In-N-Out Burger in Thousand Palms, California. So I asked her, which, which burger did you order? And she just answered back, that's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty amazing technology. Oh, man. It is. And you mentioned something about putting one in your daughter's car. I got to tell you a quick story. So we have a very, my youngest daughter is a very good daughter, hard worker. Um, she went to school. She actually, we came here when she was in eighth grade. Then she started high school here, and that was our, you know, our goal too. Um, she had a um, a job after school, worked in a boutique, um, little clothing boutique over in Glendale. And you know, as a parent, you're concerned that you know she gets to school on time, she gets to work on time, and then you kind of expect the time when she's supposed to leave work. So I set up a landmark or geofence around the shop. And I would know what time she got to work, and I would get the alert saying, okay, she's on her way home. Now, if I didn't get that alert at a certain time, I would, you know, just pick up the phone and say, hey, uh, are you still at work? Uh, and it's, it just gives you peace of mind. And she, she got used to it. And, you know, she probably still has it in her car now. So. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of good uses. And it's not that I'm worried about, you know, anything my daughter's going to do, but just to be able to know where the vehicle is and all those protective things that as a parent we you know naturally have that instinct to to care for our right. kids and i can tell you a lot of stories we've recovered a lot of vehicles for contractors here in the valley um vehicles with tools with equipment with everything you know you'd be surprised how quickly they get stolen um and with our our system i mean we locate it instantly 
um, typically the the customer will have their their asset or their vehicle back within hours. Well, there's there's been more than a couple times I've been out hiking for a weekend, and something would happen. And I would say to myself, I wish I'd have drawn that circle for Jennifer just a little bit smaller. <laughs> but this is the answer. Yeah. Because you can get that GPS tracking in areas you don't have cell service. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And usually when we're going hiking or we're going. We're not in cell service. We're looking for places that don't have cell service. That's one of the greatest attractions to being out remote. And well, the, the commercial GPS relies on cellular system to communicate so if you're out of a, a cellular area the device will store your location as soon as you hit a cellular area it'll backtrack and, and fill all the information in uh, and before we wrap up with this hour that we're completely switching topics and direction on you but i wanted to talk about your hobby oh <laughs> you've got a very interesting arizona uh travel experience <laughs> Oh, I'm loving every minute of it. Um, back east, as you know, you know, there's a lot of lakes and streams so uh, it, and the ocean. So fishing was one of my better hobbies. Out here, you know, I looked at the map before we moved out and said, man, they have a lot of streams and lakes and everything here. So I brought all my fishing gear with me. And I'm traveling. I'm looking for this river. And it's, what river? <laughs> it's not there. <laughs> um, so then I, I came across some old timers out in the, in the desert, and they were prospecting for gold and i said boy what an amazing way to spend a day outdoors and and you know just to get excited about finding a little piece of yellow metal um so i joined this uh club it's called the road roadrunners prospecting club here in phoenix um they have over five thousand acres of claims and it's about 250 260 claims so as being a member we have the rights to go and prospect on all these claims. What a hoot. And you keep whatever you find. So, uh, and I found I found some decent gold. I mean, nothing. Nothing you know you're retiring on? <laughs> I wouldn't quit my day job just yet. But What a great hobby. It, it It's it's exciting. And just to being out in the desert and enjoying the beauty of the desert, too. Enough so, money for an In-N-Out burger, that kind of thing? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Maybe a fry. <laughs> uh, and that's dry panning? I do a lot of metal detecting. Okay. So I've been metal detecting for about 12 years now. Uh, I've metal detected in Arizona, Alaska, and I've also did some treasure hunts in, in people's backyards. They'll call me, and, you know, they have a story about a grandparent that he might have had, you know, a bunch of silver hidden. So I do that, too. Ah. That, that's who you need to GPS track, Dad. Yeah. <laughs>